today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Tech Talk. Adam Oldfield, the president and CEO of FPM, FPM3, and Vacuuman is with us once again. Uh, great to have you back here as we get off. It's going to be a great weekend. It's got to be a great weekend after last weekend. Hope you're doing well, Adam. I am. I'm doing extremely well, Bill. Last night, I got to do the uh, our little Rotary Literacy Comedy Night. It was the first oh, time. Oh, yeah, I mentioned that. How'd it go? <laughs> it was It was fun. It was so much fun. I, You know what? I mean, obviously, I do the Farley impersonation. I came out, and uh, and I just kind of went at, went at it full steam, and it was uh, it was a lot of laughs. Uh, we had so much uh, so much fun with everyone that came out. Um, and, and the best part about it, uh, Bill, is that we raised a lot of money, and the reason why I bring that up is the money we raised is now going to be applied to a summer program right here in Hamilton. Uh, just a public service announcement. Anybody that wants to sign up for a free summer literacy camp, uh, registrations now open through the Rotary Club of Hamilton, uh, which I am the director of communications. And uh, this is why we do it, Bill. I, I, I pulled out the, COVID, the, the whole Chris Farley uh, act, uh, raised the money. Now we have some funds. We can now have some children right here in Hamilton inner city uh children can now have a free camp program in july so registration rotary club of hamilton.ca you also do it because you love it i mean come on you love getting getting dressed up you love doing the whole thing don't you (laughs) and and you've been involved with rotary for a long time and they do so much great work in the community yes i i I, i'm not gonna lie bill it's just it's my net i only only have one trick pony i only have one comedy bit to me you know i don't have yeah i don't have an array of different characters i'm not jim carrey it's just you either get chris farley or you get adam that's it it's a two two side looking uh individual well, there's a long list of similarities between those two characters. That's, but anyway, <laughs> we digress. Uh, you know, we've been talking about uh, some of the concerns that you know that we're facing right now. Inflation's a big one. You're a small bit. Well, not you've got a bunch of small businesses, so you're concerned yes. about that and supply chain issues. But another one, of course, right now is the challenge for food uh, and yeah. food accessibility, uh, which is why the agriculture industry is so important. And there's a, a big role for tech in that now, isn't there? 100%. And one that I found as, you know, as a tech, and you and I had discussed many different products and items that are, uh, you know, launching and innovations and in, in research and technology bill each week. One thing I discovered when I was doing my research this week for our topics, John Deere is one of the most advanced technological companies. Um, you know, and, and I, I think John Deere, I got family out east and they just, you know, John Deere is like the the Ford or the Chevy of a, of a, of a farmer. You know, they, 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 they stand by their product. And I, I mean, I just had this, you know, I don't know why, obviously it's uh, I'm very much in tech and otherwise, but John Deere is one of the most advanced technological companies, so much so that they just acquired another artificial intelligence company and they have really, really upped the game as to what they've been able to accomplish. So, um, you know, when we talk about food and and we talk about, you know, there's a lot of factors when it comes to agriculture, uh, you know, uh, a lot when it, you know, it's not just as simple as plant some seeds, watch it grow, uh, dig it out and send it to market. Um, they've actually developed uh, with their innovations, the ability of a tractor very similar to what we talk about with Teslas and, and electric cars and, and how they manage on the road and the direction they're leading. John Deere has got now the ability with their self, well, the vision, they don't have it officially, this acquisition they just took over is going to allow now their tractors to be able to manage in a field uh, completely autonomous. Now, we've heard of autonomous, you know, tractor equipment, and they've been able to do certain things. However, 
a little more advanced elements behind this include the biological understanding of its surroundings. So, you know, when you're driving down a road, Bill, it's pretty easy. It's paved. There's lines. It's universal across North America, the world for that matter. All cars are following the same principles. Street lights, stop signs, lines on the road, all that. When it comes to farming, you're sticking a tractor in a field and there are many obstacles. There are types of plants you're farming, uh, you know, whether it's cabbage or carrots or wheat or grain. Second, when there there's obstacles that come into a field that, you know, you know, rocks, stones, tilling, all of that. Soil is a big factor. Types of soil. Is the soil uh, capable of growing the product that it's in it? So this new element that John Deere has invested in is going to be able to not only drive up and down properly and plant seeds, it's got now the, uh, the aspect of understanding uh, uh, types of animals, uh, birds, uh, golfers, uh, groundhogs, uh, all of that will now have a data collection that will be used um, for the purpose of operating. The bottom line is quicker, better, uh, faster, more efficient agriculture is what John Deere is striving for. And they're using technology to do that. Uh, John Deere plant just uh, down the agriway, just outside of Hamilton. Just you can see it off the QEW. Some some great stuff going on. Boy, gone are the days we just just hook the plow up to the oxen and start working in the fields. It's it's all tech now, and that's great. Uh, the other thing too is we talked about. Uh, you know, we want to get back into the workplace, and there's a lot of jobs and not enough people to fill them. But even when you apply. One of the most daunting experiences anybody can ever have, Adam, and you and I have gone through this a whole lot in our lives, is the job interview. Uh, yes. Because you you gotta get, you gotta get it. You can't mess that up. Uh, and right. Google has got a tool right now that's going to make it a lot easier for everybody. They just launched this new website within Google itself that it has an artificial intelligence powered interview. So think of it as you know maybe you've been on an interview or maybe you you know or you have a a young uh, a daughter or son that's maybe you know thinking about going to get that first job interview what this does is it's a psychological review of the answers you will provide and what to prepare and Google will give you uh what kind of a response what your responses are whether or not they are uh relevant or could hinder your ability to get the job so um as an example you go on and and you got to type the answers. You could probably voice dictate it to a degree. Google's not asking you as a person. So it will come up with a question. Uh, you answer the question. Then it, you go through the series of the questions at the end of it. Google will then do an analysis of your of your summary of the answers and give you an element of your interview would be quite successful. Um, you you know here's some improvements. Here's some ideas or tips you may want to uh, consider when you're asked these questions. But yeah, interviews are very very daunting. And I mean uh, the 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 element of where technology and how Google is trying to help is to give people the opportunity to be able to prep themselves to be able to have that interview. Um, and I can't believe, you know, they're, they're, and, and these are much more uh, detailed questions, Bill. These are not like standard of like, uh, so why do you want to work here? Uh, you know, what, what's your strength? What's your weakness? Those are boilerplate questions. These are very more in depth. And uh, not only does it help those that are interviewing, those, uh, my small business and many others, sometimes there's better questions to ask 
to be able to understand who it is you're going to hire. So it's got a double side to that. But yes, if you're looking for, geez, I want to prepare myself for that interview. I want to go in. I want to feel strong. I want to make sure that I, I really have a chance to win this because you got to sell yourself when you're interviewing. This is a great tool Google has now launched. Uh We've all heard over the last couple of years, I guess, Amber Alerts. Sadly, we you know we hear them all too often. That's when the child goes missing, and, and uh, authorities need public assistance in doing that. And I, I, I've fielded the phone calls, and we we've talked about this on the program. Invariably, when one goes off, sometimes in the middle of the night, uh, they call cops, they call city hall, they call my radio show, and say, oh, "What an inconvenience!" And well, they're very necessary and yes. very loud, uh, and because of that volume, uh, it. It's actually going to, oh, I'm thinking anyway, according to this story, uh, leading to a lawsuit. Somebody actually got injured listening to this? Yeah, what what the lawsuit is not about the uh, Amber Alert. It wasn't towards the Amber Alert situation. The lawsuit is against Apple with the uh, the AirPods. So what's happened is that there is a case of where, um, you know, there is technology. You get in your car and your stereo, as the sound or the wind noise goes up, the stereo goes up, uh, you know, and it can dim the sound as necessary. Well, the lawsuit similar to this case was a family in Texas, uh, their child was was watching Netflix, um, laying down, watching whatever show they were they were they were paying attention to, and uh, an Amber Alert went off. And at that time, it ended up actually rupturing his eardrum. Um, now the child is is you know dealing with dizziness and vertigo and all sorts of medical concerns. Um, you know, and, and so this case is against Apple for having a defective product that fails to automatically reduce a squelching maximum sound that comes from the phone. And as you indicated, when that Amber Alert comes on, it instantly overtakes the phone. The phone then goes to its maximum sound and starts to, you know, cry the alarm signals that, that happen. Now, just as a point that you that you brought up, Bill, over 123 children have been rescued in the last year because of the program. So as much as like you stated, it's very much a necessary uh, need. However, the argument is, why is it that Apple wasn't able to create a product similar to knowing not to make the sound so loud in the AirPods? Now, this is a bit of a uh, an interesting case. I'm gonna keep an eye on it because if you didn't hear it and it didn't overtake the sound, you might not be aware of the Amber Alert. That's the defense. Apple is uh, apparently under scrutiny for just not controlling the technology that uh, uh, a, a warning without the user's uh, control is now, uh, uh, you know, at, at the mercy of the system. So anyway, um, this is something for factor. Yeah, if you are wearing uh headphones uh apple headphones something to keep in mind that should an amber alert happen you're probably going to hear it very loud and clear uh summertime is here that means we're going to be outdoors uh, sometimes for the first time in many months of course because of the pandemics uh but there's an interesting collaboration here between uh, google and samsung uh yes i never figured these guys were going to hook up but it's 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 pretty valuable isn't it well, interesting enough, Google obviously is the foundation of Android. Samsung took Android and they really ramped it up when it came to smartware and smartphones. They added a few little bells and whistles um, and really developed it to become uh, one of one of the two top Android selling phones in the world. Well, you know, and I can speak to this from experience, Bill, because, you know, as we spoke about in the last show and, and uh, many times, I like to bike in Hamilton. I love the bike trails. Yep. I love to go out and I am very much an avid, What you know, I wear the watch 
watch. It tells me my heart rate and I live by this. However, I also have a Google account. So uh, Samsung has always made me sort of live in this, uh, you know, kind of ecosystem of I have to be in Samsung. I can only see Samsung stuff. Uh, If I want to switch or, you know, kind of if I wanted to switch my smartware to another device, another Google device, I would have to start from scratch. Well, Google is now integrating that health information between both, um, you know, Google and Samsung can now integrate the two together. Um, you know, and, and just to give you a perspective, I bought one of those smart bikes, uh, like electric pedal assist bikes. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Built, you know, being the size of Chris Farley, you got to have yourself a little help going up a hill, if you know what I mean. <laughs> anyway, a uh, little side point to the to the Samsung monitoring my health. I'm riding the bike and I'm doing great, but the battery was supposed to give me 40 to 60 kilometers. That's what it told me I was getting. I get up the hill. I'm only five kilometers in and the battery's drained. I called the support. It was a brand new bike. And I said, something's wrong with my battery. It's defective. I'm, I'm seeing that I should be getting this much more battery. Anyway, I'm six foot and I'm, I'm a little bigger than the average bear. And when I told them, you know, I'm 268 pounds, they literally said, that's amazing. You're getting amazing battery life on this. We're going to send you to the research department. We love to hear this great story. So I thought I had a defective battery. I'm just a little too big to ride a pedal assist bike. And the Samsung uh, Google device was keeping monitor of that going, keep it up, you're doing great. So this is very important that these integrations of Google and Samsung are now keeping my health anyways, uh, under watch and making sure I don't overstep my health, uh, meaning my heart rate going overstep or otherwise. So this is a, a, a fantastic situation for those that are healthy or trying to be, um, keeping a monitor of how well they're working out. Uh- a lot of companies are using high tech right now uh, as a security measure, and as they should, uh, because of all the, the risks involved with some of this stuff. And and one of the ones that you, a lot of companies are using is facial recognition. Now, the and on the other uh, on the other end of the field is deep fakes, which you've talked about many times on this program. Can you get by, or is deep are, are the, is the industry concerned about the fact that, that a lot of these facial recognition uh, protocols that are in place right now could be fooled? Well, and this is this is a point. It, it's called KYC. Know your client. When a bank, the banking industry is very much, uh, you know, bearing keeping an eye on who is setting up an account, who is setting up a credit card, all of that. It, because we've gone remote, Bill. Most of us are now. Uh, reliant on sending in information or doing a video call, right? We all have a, you know, let me check in, let me know it's Adam Oldfield I'm talking to who's asking for a line of credit or a mortgage. Well, deep fakes are so good now, researchers have developed or determined that the biometric test that banks use, uh, for example, signing into crypto uh, cryptocurrency uh, or any banking for that matter can now be fooled. Now, the banking industry is claiming that they're not overly concerned about it due to the fact that the software required to utilize that that deep fake ability to sign in and you know get a credit or sign up for a, a mortgage isn't really going to be too much of a concern and they can find other ways to it. The point was that identification and photo facial recognition can now be duped by by deep fake that it's so good that I could be able to have a conversation with my banker if I wanted to be Tom Cruise and I could be able to identify myself or use deep fake uh, software to allow myself to look like that individual. Uh- 
this is neat. Uh, you you can go to restaurants now. Of course, they're open again, and we should all do that to try to get that industry back uh, to where it should be. And you can or, you can reserve online. You can you know, I, okay, Mr. Oldfield, uh, dinner for two at seven o'clock tonight. And now it's interesting what Google's done here. They're taking it one step further. Uh, when you're online to to make your reservations, they take you inside the restaurant. Well, you know, no one wants to go to a restaurant you've never been to before unless it's been by a referral. you got to understand, where's the best seating of the of, of the restaurant? When you make a reservation, if you've never been there or you're traveling to another uh, to another city or you're, you're on vacation, um, and maybe you're just having a date night, sometimes you just want to get the best location uh, to park yourself and, and be special. Well, yes, Google Maps is now not only going to let you see where the restaurant's located on the street, you can see it from space, and it will tell you how busy it is. It's now giving you the experience that shows you table settings inside the restaurant. Why that's important, Bill, is that now when you make a reservation, you'll now be able to, well, again, restaurants are subject to setting it up and obviously uh, registering themselves with Google, but you'll now be able to go in and say, I like table Table seven, located by the window, overlooking the falls uh, or overlooking the forest, wherever the restaurant is, or King Street for that matter, if you're downtown Hamilton. And uh, you'll be able to actually reserve and see for yourself where it is you're sitting. In addition, it gives you the perspective of if you're in the chair, you can now rotate and move yourself around like a 3D image and be able to say, you know, as if you're turning your head to the left to look at the kitchen, you can see where the bathroom's located. So your first date, date night or anniversary can now be even more special versus stumbling over yourself wondering, oh, good, I'm sitting by the bathroom during my first date. So um, Google Maps is up in their game when it comes to restaurant reservations. No, it's practical, too. I mean, you're absolutely right. First time at a restaurant, you go in there and you think, oh, God, I wish we could have got that table over there, you know, right. overlooking the, the, the falls or whatever it is. You know, the, uh, I mean, it's like the Old Mill, one of the great restaurants in, in Ancaster in the Hamilton area. Uh, everybody wants to sit by the window because they've got the waterfall there from the Old yeah. Mill. So now you can actually do that inside. Great idea. Uh, finishing off on a positive note, this is Tech Talk. We do this every Friday at 1130 with Adam Oldfield from FPM and FPM3 Marketing and Vacuumant. Uh, have a great week. Weekend. Uh, get on the bike and uh, we'll see you again next Friday. <laughs> Thanks, Bill. You have a great weekend, you too. You. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.